everyone, welcome back to another episode of Doable Discipleship, uh, the show designed to deepen your faith in God, or as our co-host Jason Willen likes to say, well, it's the show that helps you grow, and uh, helps man, you grow. we we are doing some growing right now uh, in multiple different ways. First off, Brandon, you are growing by being in a a new home. Yes. So you're. It's like I think I think you've been there like three days or or, or something like that. By the time this is right the now that we're day. recording, fourth um, day. Yep, this is the fourth day, still getting stuff out of boxes, still uh, still feels a little unfamiliar, but we're like in the new place, so it's all good. Yeah, so if you hear some echo as Brandon's talking, it's because we're still figuring out uh, how to do the recording with his grand vaulted ceilings. Um, uh, you know, you chose to record from your grand foyer with the, uh, you know, but... Uh... <laughs> There's no grand foyer, I like that word. Um but yeah, there, the rooms and stuff are still not all the way filled in, so there's there's a lot of echo. So apologize for that. No, it's all good. Um, also, today, at least the day this episode is coming out, you may be listening to it today. Um, um, it's it it's election day here in America, or I think as some of the news shows call it, election night in America or something. Election I think night. that's a common thing. Um, and so, so guys, you know that we've been talking about this series that we started last week on the church and politics and kind of looking um, at how we as Christians uh, can and should kind of engage, not say, again, we want to always reiterate, we are not telling you who to vote for. And if you are just listening to this now and you're wanting that, uh, you may be a little late because uh, because the, the polls may be closed. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, but uh, yeah, we are not taking sides. All we're talking about is the Christian approach uh, to how we can and should engage in politics. And today's episode is all supposed to be providing a little calm, right, Brandon? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. So I was thinking today is election day or election night whenever you are listening to this so now like we voted we're here we did it now we wait um and in between this waiting period in between this waiting time i think uh fear is at an all-time high because daily we are being told um what we should be afraid of and that's because fear is the easiest motivator. So what we want to do today is look at some of these fears and how we can respond to them. Um, you know, when I was coming up as a graphic designer in like the marketing world, uh, I was taught in school, hey, if you want the, the keys to somebody's wallet, you got to know two things about them. One is what do they want? And then two is what are they afraid of? What do they fear? And if you can answer those two questions, they would say, well, you have the keys to the wallet. They will buy the product that you are selling. This is marketing. This is what I learned coming up as a graphic designer. And, um, you know, there's, there's, I want to make this point too, because I think there's a difference between fear and then being scared, right? Like I can, I can be scared. We're coming up Halloween season, you know, all that stuff. I can be scared going to a haunted house. I could go to a haunted house and be scared. I could watch a scary movie and feel scared, but that's a completely different feeling than living in fear, right? To be scared of a scary movie is a lot different to live in fear of scary movies. Yeah. Um, 
And I just want to make that distinction when we get into some of these fears that we're going to talk about. And then also, you know, we, we hear verses like 1 John 4.18, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear, right? It's usually, it's like kind of cute at weddings or it's like on your grandmother's crocheted blanket thing. It's one of those verses. Um, but what does it mean? What does it look like? It says there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear expects punishment. The person who's afraid has not been made perfect or made complete in love. Over here, verses like 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. When I was playing football in college, Jason, there was a guy before one of the game, one of our, our games, you know, he, he would come up and he'd say, hey, like Brandon, God has put this verse on my heart for you. And he'd say, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of one of power, love, and sound judgment. And it was kind of funny because he's using it in the sense of like, because he hasn't given you a spirit of fear, you can hit the other dude harder than he can hit you. And it's like, no, that's that, that's not what that's not what that verse is talking about. Um, I know. I can't see that as a truly motivating football verse. <laughs> uh, but if it worked for him, you know, hey, great. Yeah, it was like, that's <laughs> that's not what's going on in that verse. But hey, you wrote it on your cleats and your gloves. And look, look, I get it. But that's not what's happening. Point being, there are these verses alluding to speaking to fear, but I think they're often used outside of context. So what does it look like to look at our fears and then also be discerning um, and how we could respond? So I want to get into that first fear, Jason, Take us away. Where are we yeah. at right now? Yeah. And yeah, I think, I think too, just to put this into context is, again, depending on when you are listening to this, we're recording this a few days before the election. So we don't know what's going right. to happen. And by the time you're listening to this and this episode is released, you still may not know what's going to happen. And in all honesty, depending on how things turn out, we all may not know for a few days, even after the election. It's quite possible. We may not know on, on Tuesday night um, what the results are. And so there, so you may be feeling some fear right now. There may be fear um, associated with this. But what we're wanting to do today is talk about those fears and make sure that we look at, you know, encourage you that it's going to be okay. Take a deep breath. And let's kind of get to some of the roots of some of these fears. If you're feeling fearful right now, we want to kind of uh, address that a little bit and get to some of the roots. And one of the fears that you may be feeling kind of to try to put some words into it is almost like um, a democracy is dying or has died or is dead and my side might lose and therefore democracy is over the kind of thing right. that could be I a fear that that you have um and honestly there is reason to have that fear because that's how a lot of our politicians and people in politics kind of want you to think they want you to live in this fear um in order to get your vote right and it, it, there are some quotes from the uh 2016 party conventions that kind of sum this up perfectly there was one candidate who said the terrorism in our cities threaten our way of life and i alone can fix this uh so you know that's kind of that fear of of oh i need to vote for this person or else my way of life is threatened uh, or there was another candidate who said, 
uh, I am the last thing standing between you and the apocalypse. Again, another fear stoker, another, uh, you know, another, uh, if you don't vote for me, uh, it's going to be the end of the world. It's the apocalypse. Things are going to become terrible for you. Um, and honestly, this is, especially um, in our recent history, this is kind of a common approach for politics is it's largely right now is fear-based. It's not as hope-based um, as we've seen in the past. Um, instead, it's, it's all about why not the other side, that the other side is, is bad. And so you need to vote for me uh, or bad things will happen, right? Death um, or destruction will be unleashed in your neighborhood or things yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that's your concern right now. Maybe you have this fear that if the person I voted for doesn't win, then all these bad things are going to happen. Then, then it's truly the end of the world right now. Um, and so we can have this natural inclination to lash out in anger or to disengage or to get depressed or to fear or think about, you know, should I leave the country? Like, you know, the, it, it, we can have this, it can start to kind of boil us up and there can be a whole array of emotions that can come out of this fear, right? But so what we want to do is kind of, offer a word of comfort is get down to the root of this, right? So there's two parts here that I wanted to address. First is that everything must be put in its proper place. Yeah. Everything must be put in its proper place. And what we mean by that is thinking about what are the things that you are idolizing uh, about your view of politics or, or your politics itself? What are the things that you've put on a pedestal and um, right. So because there's some truth that even good things uh, can become idols, right? Even e even things that that we uh, we love and value, especially as Americans, can become idols, right? Things like freedom of thought and movement and speech, like these are things that we fight for and that we believe in as Americans. They're the root of They're our Constitution. Things. They are good things. They're good things. Um, but they can also become idols. Even things like, like marriage and family and, and church can become idols. They, they can, depending on how you think of them, right? And I, I want to make sure that this is clear, is that we are not saying that you shouldn't value these things and believe right. in or, or fight for these things, but it's making note of, are you putting your whole... <laughs> your whole world on these things are they ultimate right? things for you are they are the they ultimate things? things right and because there are times throughout history right where the church where christians did not get to enjoy the luxuries that we have today in america and yet the church continued and you can see that even in in, in the bible and scripture and you can see that all throughout history that there were plenty of periods of times where the church and christians were not allowed to worship god you know yeah. and yet they still found a way to they still did the church the church in america is here because people have pers persevered under persecution exactly that's why we are here exactly and even today there are places in the world where the church is underground or in hiding where these freedoms that we just talked about they do not exist and yet the church continues and so 
keep in mind that the things that are of the utmost importance to you are what you think are of the utmost importance. Okay. And my point is this, is that people can disagree. People's views can do and will differ in terms mm -hmm. of what is important. And that's why there are different sides and beliefs in politics, even within their own parties, there are different beliefs. And that's because people have different views of what is important. And we're at a place right now where both sides of the political aisle feel that the world will end if their side doesn't win. And what this is doing is making politics an idol. It's saying yeah. if my side doesn't win, then um, it's all it's all it's all over. And that's making politics an idol. And I think that can be sometimes the root of this fear. Um, if you're super afraid of your side losing, then it may be that you've put politics in a place um, of utmost importance that it doesn't need to be, that it should not be, right? Because the problem is that our idols do not love us and they cannot ultimately right. save us. Only right. God can and has ultimately saved you. So do not let good things that are just things, even values that you love, and um, it, it, do not let them become the ultimate thing. God is the ultimate thing. His relationship with you is the ultimate thing. Um, his love for you and for the world is the ultimate thing. Um, so, so that's the first kind of word of comfort that I just wanted to share is to just is to give some thought about um, what it is that you are idolizing. And maybe that's a root of the fear. Um, another thing that I wanted to, uh, to remind you of, and this is something we've talked about before, is to give the benefit of the doubt, right? A lot of times this fear, if you're, if you're incredibly afraid of your side losing, um, it's based in this fear that the people on the other party um, are all bad people who want to destroy the country. And that's what politics will make you believe. <laughs> that's what they yeah. want you to think. And that's why, you know, so that you'll turn out and vote for their side. And so it's it's become this place where where we are led to believe that the other side, whether it's Democrats or Republicans or whatever, are all bad people who are just out to destroy the country and 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 the values that you hold dear. Um, so again, we talked about this last week, but I just wanted to make sure to hit it again, especially today, is to try to give the benefit of the doubt. Um, and maybe even ask yourself or ask somebody else who you know uh, thinks differently than you, why might somebody vote for a party that's not your own? And try to get that perspective a little bit. Because mm -hmm. as we talked about last week, that intimacy, that proximity, that relationship, and more understanding um, will take away fear. Fear is usually unknown. And fear yeah. is usually um, it's something that is being told to you by somebody who thinks like you. So talk with somebody who doesn't think like you. And then, um, and then try to give that benefit of the doubt. That's just an encouragement. So some questions to ask, and we'll end each of these with some questions to ask. Am I scared because I've made an idol 
out of a good thing, but that shouldn't be the ultimate thing, right? Who is yeah. ultimately in charge? Ask yourself this. Who is ultimately in charge? Jesus or an elected leader, right? And we've talked about this before, but sometimes, especially around the season, we need to have these reminders. You know, we need to remind ourselves, God is God. I am not. God is God. A Donald Trump is not. God is God. A Joe Biden is not. God is God. Joe Jorgensen is not, although the odds of our winning would be kind of crazy. Um, but, you know, <laughs> God is God. Whomever is is in the White House is not. And we always need to keep that perspective. Whether your person you voted for wins or not, we need to keep that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Like we, we don't know who's going to be in the Oval Office. We don't know who's sitting in the Oval Office. But as believers, as Christians, we do know who's sitting on the throne. That's Jesus. So I want to talk about another, um, another fear that I've seen pop up. Uh, and it's this. It's that God's wrath or judgment is going to fall on us if we do not win. Like it, it, it goes, if my side doesn't win, God is going to be so angry that he's going to pour wrath and judgment and it's going to fall on our nation. And this, this first popped up for me, Jason, I was, I was just scrolling through Twitter and uh, I saw a video of a woman. She's probably, I don't know, looked like your average woman, middle-aged, um, and she was she was in this video. She was screaming at these two younger girls, and she was saying, "You know, if if you guys don't vote for da 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 da, if you guys don't vote for so and so, God told me Jesus is coming back. The world's gonna end." And I was thinking, man, the more I was watching it, I was thinking, she's she is coming across crazy, but I don't actually think that she's crazy. I started to think like, what has made this woman act out in such a way on camera in a public space um, in this way? And it clicked in my head. It's like she, she's not crazy. I'm sure if you, you could probably have a normal, rational conversation with her, but what she is is she's scared. She's terrified. Um, and these things are easy to write off someone as, oh, they're an idiot or, oh, they're crazy or, oh, they're this or they're that. When in reality is, no, they're probably just really, really afraid and they're living out and acting out of that fear. And when this happens, I think the natural inclination is this, to incite more fear, to stir up more fear, because you're so anxious. You have so much bubbling and enraging inside of you where it can't help but come out. And as it comes out, it starts to incite more fear. And, you know, you're going to other people, did you know, or I heard this, or this is going to happen and yada, 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 all this. So, so the word of encouragement is this, and I want to be very clear on this. God's wrath, God's judgment, God's wrath has already been um, decided. It's already been announced and then it's taken care of by Jesus. Jesus on the cross, the ultimate sacrifice for our sin living the life that we could not live, dying the death that we are supposed to die. And in so doing this, he fully satisfies the wrath of God. I want to say this, Jesus on the cross as the ultimate sacrifice for the world fully satisfies the wrath of God. And what I mean by this is, that, is this, God doesn't have some 
some reserve tank wrath on the side that he's ready to pour out. Um, and he's just waiting and it's hinging on the results of this election. That's not true. Um, that's why we see in, you know, even, even in Isaiah, it's by his wounds, we're healed. By his stripes, we are healed. Um, it's in God's death, in his defeat and victory over death, that we get to enter into the life of God that we don't enter in the wrath of God, into the, into, enter into the wrath of God. There's no reserve tank, right? And, 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 I, and I think this line of thinking comes from, it's a, it's a passage in the Old Testament. It's 2 Chronicles 7. Um, and this is God speaking to Solomon. And this is the, the verse 714. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways. And I want to stop here, right? We, we, we talked about this in our last episode. Humility approaching God in prayer. These are good things. It says, he says, says this, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Well, I, I kind of, I see this popping up on the internet every now and then. And first, you know, if you notice the if then language, this is what we call a, a conditional covenant. And this conditional covenant is with the nation of Israel, the people of God. Well, just one quick point I want to make. The United States of America is not under a conditional covenant with God. The United States of America is not Israel. Um, but there's, there's, so that's kind of the bad news in, in a sense, but there's better news is that now we operate under a new covenant with God. And it's not just the nation of Israel. It's not just the nation or the covenant people of God. God's new covenant people, God's new people are those who believe in the son, Jesus Christ. This is the new covenant people of God. This is better news for us. But the danger is this, is that when these ifs, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways. If the if gets changed, if humility, great thing, if prayer, great thing, if seeking God's face, amazing thing, if turning away from sin, repentance, amazing thing, if that gets changed to if humility, prayer, seeking God's face, turning away from sin looks like you have to vote for my candidate. Now we have a problem. If that's what these things look like, if humility looks like voting for a certain candidate, if prayer looks like voting for a certain candidate, if seeking God's face and turning away from sin, repentance looks like voting for this certain candidate, this is where we get, this is the danger. This is where we get into trouble. And I want to say any leader who promises that they, um, that their leader of choice or their whoever they're voting for, if any leader is promising that um, this is going to happen, or these conditional things, th th that person's a liar. Do not listen to them. They are after their own power. This is a false prophet. They do not know that and they can't guarantee that. So anyone who comes to you and says, hey, if you do these things, then God is going to do this. And it ends up in their power, in their gain, whether that's politically, whether that's monetarily, do not listen to that person. What that person is doing, they are inciting fear in you and they're, they're, they're after their own power and they're purchasing that power with your fear. This person is a false prophet. Do not listen to them. So the, the, the question to ask yourselves in these situations is, is this person or this leader, whoever it may be, is it might be a video on YouTube, whoever it may, whatever it may be, is it leading you to a place of fear 
and not life? And if it's leading you to a place of fear, is there a condition tied to that fear? If you don't do this, then this, these bad things are going to happen. Then God's wrath is going to fall on your family or God's wrath is going to fall on your nation if you don't do what I say. That is the question to ask yourself, and that is how we discern, is this the voice of God? Is this from the Spirit of God, or is this something completely and entirely different? Where is this voice leading you? Is it leading you to a place of fear, or is it leading you into a place of love? Yeah, that's good. So we have two fears that we've talked about, but there's another feeling that you may be having as a result of... The election again we don't know what it is yet but but there may be a feeling and that's this uh, everything is as it should be i'm so excited i can yeah, relax yeah. i can just be you know this is right good things happen uh you know and uh this is as it should be and so then you can have this natural inclination to just kind of kick back and relax and say the work is done my guy's in office i'm all good this is great right Everything's in order. Everything is in order. And uh, again, on this, we just want to say that there is such a thing as misguided hope. Mm -hmm. And that can lead to false confidence. It can lead to this belief that I don't have to do anything else. The guy that I wanted is going to be in office. And um, he's going to do everything that... That, that I would want to see done, so I don't need to do anything. This is great, right? Um, Psalm 27, or verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. So, so the advice here is do not put your hope in the wrong thing. Because this is just another form of idolatry. You know, it's it's looking at the opposite side. Is our our idols sometimes I can lead to fear if our idols you know do not um, so say we were idolizing a candidate or a party and that side doesn't win then there comes this fear. But the opposite yeah. is true: is you can still idolize a candidate or a party and they win, and then you feel like everything is good. It's as it should be. Like, Pick your feet you know, up, dust your hands off. We're done. Yeah, exactly. And um, so again, ask yourself some questions with this. Ask yourself what deliverance is being promised by this. How will this party deliver the utopia that they promise, right? Each side is trying to make themselves sound like they can deliver a utopia in Eden, you know, that each side can say, everything will be right if you vote for me. So what is it that they are saying that they can deliver? Can they deliver yeah. the utopia yeah. that they promised, right? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> and then are you trusting in the party to do what only God can do? Right. And a big part of this is that, and again, it's something we talked about last time, but it's not letting the government and politics take over the role of the church. Right. Even if the side that you had voted for is the side that won, it does not give you permission to sit back 
and sit on your hands and do nothing. We are still called to be the hands and feet, the body of Christ. So we are still called to go out and do. We are still called to do the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations, right? So um, just be mindful of what it is that you're feeling. We've talked about three feelings right now, fear um, of losing, right? Uh, fear of God's judgment and wrath if we don't win, or you can feel overconfident and feel um, that we have this 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 hope now. I, oh, I can hope now because my side won, right? Um, guys, Jesus always wins. So yeah. it, when your hope is in Jesus, then you're always going to have that hope. If your hope is in somebody else or in politics and your side wins this time, but maybe next time loses or whatever, then your hope just comes and goes. It ebbs and flows. But when your hope is in Jesus, he, he always wins. He, he won on the cross. And we've read the end of the story, and we know how things will end. So we know that Jesus wins. Jesus is king. Yeah. Um, so when your hope is there, uh, then it's steady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So as we, as we come to a close, I, I want to reiterate a point that you made earlier, Jason. Um, when we're thinking about the church, when we're thinking about it in terms of the reality that we're living in right now, where it, it seems like the nation's attentions are, are completely on politics and what's going to happen, right? That's, that's, of course, that's the case. Um, but when we think about specifically the church, the church has, has lived under all different types of leaders, of governments, of parties, uh, of even regimes across time, across culture, across the globe, across the spectrum, right? The, the church has existed under all different types, and we're still here. God is faithful to us, and God is in control. Um, and, and, you know, in fact, the majority of Christians right now as we're recording this right now, as we speak, live under oppressive governments or live with little to no religious freedom. And the church is still growing. Thinking about the church in China, thinking about the church in the global South, the church is still growing. It's still thriving because God is with us and God is active. And God is always calling people to himself. God is always reconciling. This is the work that God is doing. So our call to follow Christ, I want to say this, our call to follow Christ is not dependent on who is in office because who in office is going to change. It's going to change. Four years, eight years next. Our call to follow Christ is not dependent, is not predicated upon who is sitting in the Oval Office. So we don't get to, if, if our person wins, we don't get to say, great job done, kick your feet up, dust my hands off, they'll take care of everything. Or if our person doesn't win, we can't say to God, you know, God, I, I wanna follow you, but, but I can't because it's now impossible or I can't because my person is not in office. No, our call to follow Christ is not dependent on who is in office. And that's something that we can learn from globally, from the global church, from our brothers and sisters in a very real sense in Christ right now, 
who are living with zero, zero to little religious freedom, who are living under all types of governments, and we can learn from them of what it looks like to follow Christ regardless of their circumstances. So do I want the circumstances to be favorable and to be good? You better believe it. Absolutely, right? Absolutely, I want that. But if that is not the case, my prayer for us is to say, regardless, we are going to live out our call to Jesus in the world, regardless of what happens, regardless of the circumstances that we find ourselves under. Yeah, isn't it amazing to think that Christianity is not dependent on whether Joe Biden or Donald Trump is president? Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right. Thank God Isn't it's that not. amazing? Thank God it's not. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, guys, yeah, as we said earlier, Jesus is still king. So whether right now you're feeling disappointed, excited, or indifferent about what is happening in the world of politics, Jesus is still in control. And even and, and on top of that, you are loved. Isn't that so great that, that Jesus, who is king, knows you and loves you? Yeah. Donald Trump or Joe Biden, who may be president, they do not know you. And they cannot not love you, especially the way that Jesus does, right? And so just it's, keep, that, keep that perspective in mind. If you, and as we talked about the emotions before, if you are primarily relating to the world through fear right now, friend, you are missing out, okay? We want to relate to the world from a deep place of love. And remember that our hope is in Christ, in that you are loved, in that God is still God, no matter what happens. So if you're feeling very fearful right now, bring that to God and um, talk with him about it. And then keep remembering too, friend, that the work was not in the vote, right? The votes happened uh, probably for you. Um, and, and, and by the time that we're recording this, I think like 60 million people have already voted. Um, the work is not in the vote. The work is in how you live. Yes. So for the Christian, yes. our work in the world extends far beyond our vote. Our vote right. is not... Um, is not our expression of our, our, our Christianity, of our faith. It's not, it's how we live our lives is the expression of our faith. Yeah. So, Jason. so yes, vote, but, and yes, love God. So yes, vote and love your neighbor, right? Vote right. and care for the poor. Vote and proclaim the good news. Vote and pursue yeah. justice. Vote and live with humility, right? Yeah. So, again you may be listening to us right now while you're watching results come in i don't know when you're watching this or listening to this right now um it may be the day after it may be a few days later and no matter what happens or happened just remember right that that the church will still be the church right that god is still god mm-hmm and that you are still a child of God, and you are yeah. still called, no matter what has happened or happens, you are still called to love God, to love others, and to go and tell people about him and teach them, right? We are still called to be ambassadors for Christ, and that's what's great. 
ambassadorships in politics change depending on who is in office. Our ambassadorship for Christ never changes, despite who is in office or no matter who is in office. So if your side has won or if your side has lost, friends, it's all going to be okay. Okay. Because Jesus is still where he's at. You got anything to wrap it up with, Brandon? No, I think that was incredibly, incredibly well said, Jason. Um, Every once in a while, work, things can be well said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great point. Our, our work as Christ followers extends so far beyond our vote. Um, so yes, vote, but love God, love your neighbor, care for the poor, proclaim the good news, pursue justice, live with humility. Um, those are wise words for us in a time right now. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I just wanted to say, if you had voted for Donald Trump and you wake up the next day and he lost, go out and love the poor, care for the sick, and proclaim the good news, pursue justice, live with humility. Yep. If you voted for Joe Biden and he lost, go out and care for the poor, uh, um, I proclaim the good news, love people, care for the sick, pursue justice, and live with humility. No matter who won or lost, it does not change what you should get up and do tomorrow. Yeah. That's good. I don't have anything else to add. Great. I think we hit it. We love you guys. Seriously, we are, we are always praying for you. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for sending us emails. Um, it's always great to hear from you. Jason, anything? Uh, no. So, yeah, we are praying for you, and uh, we will be with you again next Tuesday. Yep. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events lastly you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com send us your thoughts send us your questions your bible questions your life questions whatever who knows your question might just inspire an upcoming episode thanks again for tuning in to doable discipleship i'm jason whelan and i hope you'll join us again next week